0: Hey, beautiful. This is Aminata Soul Plant Walker Firewoman, and I am the host of the Mother Tree Network, where spirituality and earth wisdom meet racial justice and women's leadership. So it all started when I was listening to a really fun podcast by a Korean American marketing coach. I love her. She's really funny and she's bold and brassy and all of that. Right. But I listened to this one episode that she published where she was basically apologizing for giving marketing advice that wasn't nuanced for black people in particular, but then she expanded it to brown people as well. And as I listened to her talk about intersectional justice and apologize um, I realized I started I was feeling bad. It actually didn't make me feel good or acknowledged or, you know, feel like like I was a powerful creative being and felt instead, the way that she did it when she was alluding to slavery and Jim Crow and white terrorism and over policing, it just made me feel like a victim not like the awesome solopreneur that I am who's on the verge of profound wealth and giving and impact, you know? she. um, So one of the things I felt was like, hmm, the way she's telling this story about people like me, about black entrepreneurs, um, she's missing something. Because even though there are so many difficulties and there are complications and there are contradictions and, you know, there are good people and bad people and different ways to do business, um, I think it's a story that is quite inspiring. And when I think about what older black women have told me, these are women who've lived through the Great Depression, women who've lived through Jim Crow and segregation and, you know, raising children on their own and having limited job opportunities, education, et cetera. These are women who had it hard, harder than me. And one of the things they told me, (laughs) what they told me is stuff like, keep going, you're brilliant. You can do anything you put your mind to. You're gonna get there. I'm so proud of you. You're a genius. Literally, I'm telling you things that my great aunt Bessie used to say to me a lot. So, um, So when I think about how people talk about intersectional justice and, um, you know, going back to this podcast, I feel like a, a recitation of how hard it is for black people. Um, leaves me feeling unsettled and complete um, dissatisfied and um, not really served. I feel like going over the situation can be educational for people who aren't black, who don't have a sense of systemic oppression. Um, but I wonder if even for those folks, the way we talk about it, the narrative we tell of victimization tends to invite pity or guilt. And neither one of those things does me good. It doesn't feed me. So, so I really want to encourage you encourage me to, to think about how we tell the story. And the way I'm choosing to tell my story, the story of my people, of my particular individual family, of myself, of myself as part of the big you know group called human beings, of the big group called women. I'm 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 telling the story As one of incredible creativity, persistence, imperfect, badassery. And and I want to say this is really important. How you think about telling this story is really important if you're in a position to teach other people. I've had the opportunity to work with classroom teachers at the college level at K through 12. And I love teachers. I love, love, love teachers because teachers have saved my life many times. Um, but I do know that some teachers with good intentions teach American history like it's just one horrible moment and one broken promise and one systemic <laughs> experience of oppression and genocide to the next. And I know they do this because they want to break down and bust the bubble of of the myth of, you know, freedom and, you know, for all. Right. Um, But to me, when you have people who have been oppressed or who've been marginalized in a room where you're reviewing history or where you are acknowledging them, I think it's important to emphasize a narrative of resistance, of resilience, of incredible capacity, in addition to loss and grief. I think when you are the teacher, facilitator, podcaster, I think your job is to empower empower people, not to make them think the odds are so much against them that they might as well stop, or they might as well just sit in despair. Um, Ricardo Levens Morales, who's someone who I really admire. He's a Puerto Rican born um, artist and longtime organizer from the 1960s. And Ricardo said something like this when he was doing a and a, he said, focus on resistance. So to me, for every rotten, awful, oppressive system there has also been human kindness, transcendence, unforeseen triumph, transformation, creativity. Um, so I think we need to look at our lives and ourselves as being in a stream, a lineage of power and possibility. In my own case, when I was a first generation college student and foster kid at Stanford University, I felt less than a lot until I got to study Black women writers. And then all of a sudden, the whole world of art as a as a zone of resistance, as a zone of liberation became apparent to me. I'll never forget the day when I left a class at Stanford where I pitied everyone in the room who wasn't a black woman. Why? Because only black women, in my 18, 19-year-old mind, only black women could be that very special thing called black woman writer. To my mind, black women writers were the most astonishingly sensitive, brilliant, insightful, artistic, and super accomplished people on earth. I remember one of the books that I love was called, We Specialize in the Holy Impossible. There's another one called, All the Men are Black, All the Women are White, But Some of Us Are Brave. Oh my God. You should Google these books. I love them. So the books and the conversations that we having gave me such a sense of ashe, of the power to make things happen, that I saw myself as this gifted actor, as this inheritor of these traditions of this power. Um, and I obviously I felt really good about it. And here it is like 30 years later, let me see, I'm 57, 37 years later, I still remember that moment Um, when I left that classroom. So shifting the story to look for resistance and magic, I started to see the parts of my identity that you could say are marginalized or oppressed because of class or race or gender. I started to look at those parts of my identity as special, as sites of power, as places to stand and see more, to go deeper. Even today, when, um, you know, I'm talking to people, I'll often tell people, you know, don't feel bad for me. I'm not a victim. I knew the score when I incarnated on planet Earth. I saw the realities of separation in this third dimension, And I chose to come here as a black woman in my particular familial lineage from Mississippi with all the hardships and the spiritual wealth. I chose this experience. And if I wanted ease or non-duality, I could have stayed with source, with the one Um you know, wherever the other dimensions I'm occupying, but no, I chose to come here. And. The way I see myself is like, I came here to heal, to transform, to co-create with mother earth's consciousness and with other living beings. So I don't, I don't need people to tell me how bad they feel for me or how bad they feel for us collectively. Instead, what I say is to stand beside me, to back me up, to look to me for brilliance, for depth, for magic, especially when it's not about race. Instead of reminding me of the obstacles and apologizing, you know, for her oversight, I wish that the funny podcaster had said something to me like, hey, for all you amazing Black women out there who are facing obstacles that maybe Asian or white women aren't facing when you do your marketing, I've got your back. And I want to make sure that all my advice going forward is really going to be nuanced so that if you need to tweak it to work with what you're dealing with, it's going to work. And if it doesn't, I want you to come back and tell me about it. I wish she had said something like that, you know, um, Okay. So I guess this whole thing about not being a victim. So I've been thinking about it. So I'm like, okay, listen, I'm an intergalactic being, you know? Um, I think about the character Binti in the Binti series um, by Nanere Okorafor. And, um, you know, she's from a whole line of people that they're called harmonizers. I'm a harmonizer. Um I specialize in the holy impossible, just like all these, you know, generations of black women before me. Um, some of us are brave. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's who I am. And that's who I invite you. I invite you to look at the myth or the story that you're living in. And if you hold various oppressed identities or experiences in your lineage, I invite you to. Um, reinterpret the facts in a way that reminds you how awesome you are I had an experience when I was doing a meditation being led by this amazing teacher from India this person was so one pointed I was like oh my god the heavens can hear you when you pray dude Anyway, I was doing this meditation with him and it it just occurred to me, you know what? If the story or the myth that you're living in has you stuck in it as a um, as an object, as someone who is being acted upon as a victim, then it's time to elevate the story, to look at it from a higher perspective, to see. How else you might contextualize this So in my own situation I talked about being intergalactic So like you know I've been told And I choose to hold on to that You know uh, Dr. Manicamp Aminata Soul Plant Walker Firewoman Is from the serious star system You know I choose to hold on to um, That I've got Some serious magic You know Uh, that I walk with, that I carry with me, that I have, like, I roll deep in ancestors. I mean, I don't do this all the time because, you know, I I feel small and sad and scared a lot more than I would like to. But when I consciously choose to (laughs) reframe myself as this badass, beautiful, amazing Black woman, Um, then I feel good. I get more shit done. I reach out to people. I have a big heart. I take people inside of my heart. And at 57, wow, I guess I can say that's what it's about. I have a big heart. I take people into my heart, including myself. I, I exude magic and high-frequency love when I move around in space. And I'm incredibly adventurous and curious about what I can do, what we can do, co-creating together with our mother, the earth. It's all looking, uh, I was going to say it's all looking good. It is all looking good, and I know it's all looking bad because of all the stuff that's happening, my heart goes out to the people experiencing loss and death right now. And there's so many of us. And I also want to say, you know, I got a message from the ancestors and they wanted me to share that. Don't worry. Don't get hard. Don't get tight. Don't get reactive Because we've won. In the future, we've won. And if we can stay relaxed, we can stay compassionate, clear, grounded, rooted, we will get to that future, that victory sooner. All right. Love you all. Peace and love until the next time. So gorgeous. That was the birthday recording. That was the birthday episode. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. Please leave us some stars. Leave us a a review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Please feel free to share your opinions with me, how you feel about the ideas I shared in the episode. You can just go to DrAmandaKemp.com and go to contact and there's a nice box there for you where you can write anything you like and um, be good to yourself until next time.